There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story, so I'd recommend listening to the previous episodes before starting this one. Chapter 8. The Stepping Stone. I don't think I actually fell asleep after I said goodnight to Gemma. I just stared out the damp window of the spare bedroom until the darkness began to fade, signaling morning. At around 7 a.m., Gemma gently pushed the door open. Hey, she whispered. I'm going into the city for work. I've got a split shift, so I'm basically working until midnight, but we can hang out in between if you like. Do you want to come with me and maybe write at a cafe or go for a run or something in the city? Yeah, sounds great, I said, eager to have something to do. And soon we were driving along the Sea to Sky Highway. It was a standard grey day, but it wasn't raining, and there were more hopeful breaks in the clouds than usual, which let a brightness in that felt, after so many days of gloom, almost as warm as actual sunshine. My phone buzzed, and as I looked eagerly at it, thinking it might be another text from Apollo, my stomach fell. It wasn't from Apollo, it was from my mom. Hey, sweetie. How's it going? Are you around for a quick chat? It wasn't my mother messaging me that was giving me anxiety. It was the fact that I hadn't told her, or anyone in my family yet, about my breakup with Tyler. In fact, now that I thought about it, Gemma, her family, and now Apollo were the only people I had told so far. I wasn't sure why I hadn't told my family yet, it wasn't as though they would be disappointed in me. If anything, they would probably be relieved that I wasn't living with Tyler anymore. Oh, yeah. You should probably call your mum, Gemma said. Go ahead, I don't mind. Thanks, Gem, I said, pressing the call icon. Hi, Brooklyn, my mum answered cheerfully. How are you? I'm okay, I said, horrified to discover that my throat had constricted. What's wrong? she asked. I told her what had happened. But where are you? Are you okay? I'm fine. Gemma came and got me, and I stayed at her house the last two nights. Why didn't you call me? I didn't want to freak you out, and I thought I should just call Gemma since she's closer. I could have gotten one of my friends to pick you up, she said. I could only imagine how ridiculously embarrassing that scene would have been, but appreciated it. It's okay, I had Gemma, I said, impatiently wiping a few tears away. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry about Tyler, 
my mom said softly. She clearly thought that I was crying because I was heartbroken. It occurred to me that I probably should feel that way, but I didn't. It's okay, I told her. It was time for us to break up. So you don't think you'll get back together? No. She seemed surprised by this, but didn't press the subject any further. Instead, she asked, Have you given any thought as to what you want to do now? I'd like to come stay with you in Calgary for a little bit while I figure that out, if that's okay. Of course! When are you coming? I'm thinking of staying here for a week or so, just to say bye to all my friends and get all my stuff from Tyler's. Oh, yeah, you need to get your stuff, my mom said. That's awkward. Yep. Is Gemma going to go with you? You shouldn't go alone. Um, if she can't, I'll ask Lana or Bree to. Okay, she said, uncertainly. Do you want my friend Yvonne's phone number, just in case none of your girlfriends can go with you? You really shouldn't go alone. I don't want to impose. Not imposing at all. Yvonne's divorced. She gets it. Thanks, Mom. I'm pretty sure they can come with me, but I'll call her if I need to. And I'll let you know what I'm planning on booking my Greyhound ticket for. You're sure you're okay taking the bus? It's probably better if I do. I'm going to have a lot of stuff to take with me. That's true, but it's a 12-hour bus ride. It's also $60 instead of $300, I said, and it's not like I'm pressed for time right now. I guess that's true, she said. So what are you doing today? Is Gemma with you? Yeah, we're on our way into the city right now. Oh, okay. I'll let you girls do your thing, she said, kindly. I'm so excited to see you, and please call me if you need anything. I will, I promised. Love you. Love you too, she said. Oh, your mum is just the sweetest, Gemma said. Yeah, I said, wiping away a few silent tears that had fallen when I had been speaking to her. But I always cry when I tell her how I'm feeling. Fucking moms, man, Gemma said. You just can't lie to them. An hour later, I had left Gemma at the Y yoga she was working at and was making my way across the Park Royal parking lot to the Starbucks in the mall. This is going to sound so Vancouver hipster of me, but I hate Starbucks. I know, I know. I went there for coffee during the election, but only because there was no other cafe in the mall. I prefer small, independent cafes, and always try to go out of my way to support them. This was a lot easier when I lived by UBC because the campus and Kitsilano have a wide array of cute little cafes. My favorite when I lived on campus was the Beanery, a converted house in one of the residences. It had two levels, crammed with old sofas and tables, and was the go-to study spot for Lana, Bree, Gemma, and myself when we had lived around there. It also served alcohol, which was pretty helpful if you were transitioning from a day of studying into a night at the pit. But I digress. Starbucks was the only cafe that I knew about in Park Royal that had both seating and outlets, so being the hypocrite, 
that I am. I made my way to it, bought the smallest, cheapest coffee that I could, and settled in an armchair in a corner by a window. Given that it was the middle of the morning, on a Tuesday, there was no one sitting in the cafe except myself. Hoping that the baristas would assume that I was a student and not the unemployed, borderline homeless person that I really was, I opened up the Word document for the novel that I had been working on and attempted to start writing. I say attempted because it didn't work. I couldn't concentrate on the story I was writing or the characters in it. Somehow, writing fiction didn't feel like the best use of my time when I ought to be trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. My phone vibrated from my jacket pocket, and I picked it up to see my dad was attempting to FaceTime me. Had my mom already told him what had happened? That didn't seem likely, since they weren't speaking to each other very often anymore. Maybe it was a coincidence. I stared at my phone, wondering if I should pick it up or not. It wasn't that I didn't want to talk to my dad. It was that I was worried that if I did, especially on FaceTime, I would break down in the middle of this empty and eerily quiet Starbucks, and the two baristas who were boredly scrolling through Instagram would be privy to a dramatic account of all my troubles. Deciding that an audio-only phone call was a fair compromise, I answered and said, Hey, Dad. Hey, Brooklyn. How's it going? Um, have you talked to Mom? Maybe, he said slowly. What's going on? I quickly assured him that I was fine and then filled him in. My dad listened to my story as objectively as he could, but I could tell that he was relieved that I had broken up with Tyler. In fact, he didn't seem to think that my current situation was dire at all. If anything, he seemed less concerned than he had been the last time I had spoken to him. When I finished my story, he said, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but don't worry, you'll figure everything out. How? I demanded. How am I going to figure it out? I then went off on an angry rant about the state of affairs for young people these days. This was mainly anecdotal, or the result of my reading blog posts and articles claiming that millennials weren't to blame for the moving back in with your parents crisis, but rather it was the fault of the economy and the system that we lived in. It's not like when you graduated dad. A degree isn't worth anything anymore. Everyone wants at least three of them in a thousand years experience and they're going to pay us less than they paid you guys even though things are more expensive now. My dad frowned. Sometimes hindsight makes it easy to simplify the past, he said. It's easy to say that my generation had it easier because we can see all the pieces of that puzzle now, but the thing that even I sometimes forget is that it wasn't easy. I remember graduating and not knowing what I should do. I remember your mom and I struggling financially for years. I had a degree and a lot of other people didn't. And it was still tough. Living costs were high. Wages were enough to make ends meet, but 
not a lot beyond that. So how did you guys end up figuring everything out? Well, honestly, we didn't start having money until we moved to Singapore. But no school in Singapore is going to take me on with zero experience, I pouted. I'm not saying that you should move there, he said patiently. My point is that your mom and I were willing to do something that, at the time, very few Canadians wanted to do. Go live in a place that we knew next to nothing about. Don't you remember coming back to Calgary to visit in the summer and having people seriously ask us if camels were our main form of transportation or what life was like over in China? I laughed. Yeah, nobody had any idea what Singapore was or was very interested in finding out. Exactly, he said, which is why it was such a gold mine for us and the few other expats who took the risk to go there. But it's not like that now. People have heard of Singapore and your generation in particular is much more open to moving abroad. So the company packages that we got don't exist anymore. Yeah, so like I said, things are harder for my generation than they were for yours. No, that wasn't my point. Well, then what was your point? My point is that there are always opportunities. Yours won't look the same as ours did, but that doesn't mean that they don't exist. It's easy to scoff at what your mom and I did and say that it was easy to go to Singapore because we know now that it's a lovely place to live. But that's revisionist history. Your mom and I didn't know that Singapore was a great country when we got offered the opportunity to go there. We did as much research as we could, but it wasn't like we could Google it or look at forums about what life was really like there, like people can today. All we knew was that it was a tiny country in Southeast Asia and chewing gum was illegal. Going was a risk and it was scary, regardless of the fact that everything turned out all right in the end. So you're saying I should take risks, I asked. I'm saying that there are always opportunities if you're willing to work hard and be creative. Look for emerging markets, be willing to do things unconventionally. And don't expect to succeed right away. Expect failure. But if you keep trying, it will work out. <sighs> I'm so tired of people telling me it will all work out, I groaned. You don't know that it will. You're right, I don't, he admitted. But I think the reason that people say that to you, Brooklyn, is because they know you. They might not know exactly what path you're going to take, but they know that you're going to be all right. At least, I know you will be. That's simultaneously comforting and stressful, I said. He laughed. I rolled my eyes, slightly annoyed because he was right, as usual. Maybe things really were more difficult for my generation than they had been for my dad's. But even if that was true, there was no utility in complaining about my circumstances. The only reasonable course of action was to try to improve them. I've got to head out to dinner with a client now, my dad said. Okay, have fun, I said. Keep me updated on what's going on, and please, 
feel free to call me any time, he said earnestly. I will. Love you, Dad. Love you too, Brooklyn. I sat gazing out the window for a long time, thinking about what my dad had said. Listening to his story made me feel better. My parents had been in their early 30s when they had moved to Asia, which meant that they hadn't been financially successful until they were almost 10 years older than I was now. Maybe it was okay that I was 22 and didn't have everything sorted out yet. Maybe I didn't need to try to be the next JK Rowling right now. Maybe all I needed to do at this moment was try to figure out a way to support myself. Maybe I should get that year or two of teaching experience so that I could set myself up for a life of teaching to pay the bills and writing to satisfy my dreams. I come from the generation that was told we could be whatever we wanted. But as I reopened my computer and began typing in schools into a Google Maps page of downtown Vancouver, I wasn't searching for my dream or my calling or my passion. I was simply searching for a stepping stone. And for some reason, even though I knew that the thing I was searching for wasn't the thing I ultimately wanted to do with my life, I was starting to feel better than I had in a very long time. Of course, my idyllic nature meant that I only searched for schools in the downtown area because that was where I wanted to live. I knew that the English Bay Area had more affordable housing due to its abundance of older buildings and, as it was on the beach, would be perfect for running. I didn't even look at public school jobs because I knew that getting one of those required a few years of substitute teaching all over the lower mainland first, and I had neither a car nor a desire to be a substitute teacher. I made a list of the handful of private schools in the downtown and Kitsilano area. I knew that my chances of being hired at any of them were slim, given that these were probably very good schools who wanted more experienced teachers, but as most of them had openings for English teachers starting in the new year, I decided to give it a try. After all, I had nothing to lose. If they all rejected me, at least I would know for sure that staying in Vancouver wasn't a viable option. I updated my resume with my practicum teaching experience, doing my best to highlight the fact that I was IB certified because private schools love that. Then it was time to write the cover letters. This is always the most tedious part because you have to write a separate one for each job that you're applying for. I researched each school's philosophy, making sure to include their values both implicitly and explicitly in my letters. It was drudgery, not because I didn't have these values, but because I found it rather ridiculous that I needed to tell them that I believed in being a good teacher and treating my students well, etc. But anyway, a few hours later, I was done. 
Gemma met me for lunch on her break, and afterwards, I decided to go back to Yoga and get my workout clothes out of Gemma's locker so that I could go for a run while she completed the night portion of her shift. The rain had let up by the time I left Yoga, but it was still dull, damp, and gray outside. I began running across the gravel of the parking lot and towards the seawall. The strain on my muscles was a welcome reminder that I could still feel something, even if, as I began to run faster and faster, it was pain. I drank large gulps of the cool, wet air and turned in the direction of the Lion's Gate Bridge. Soon, I was sprinting up the surprisingly steep incline of the bridge, the harbor below me, leafy green Stanley Park in front. I ran faster, starting to feel alive again. No matter how dull the day, there is no denying the breathtaking beauty of Vancouver. I really missed being in the city. Within what felt like no time at all, the running app on my phone was informing me that I had run seven kilometers. The lush forest next to the seawall that had greeted me when I had crossed the bridge morphed into beaches and buildings, which grew shinier and shinier the further I ran. I made it all the way to the other side of downtown and was now running along the seawall next to the harbor in Yaletown. There was hardly anyone around. I looked across at all the cute little waterfront restaurants and bars wondering if I would ever be the kind of person who earned enough money to go to them casually after work. That got my mind stretching toward thoughts of my future, and as I didn't want to deal with that right now, I turned up the volume on the high-energy song that I was listening to and doubled back the way I had come. As I was crossing back over the Lionsgate Bridge, my phone rang. I pulled it out of my pocket to see that it was Brie. I slowed down to a walk and picked up. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Brooklyn, are you okay? She asked, hearing my panting. Hey, uh, oh yeah, uh, just finishing up a run, I said. Sorry missed your calls last night. I was with a study group until late and my phone died. I only just saw all of them. 
Had it only been last night that I had called her to ask if I could stay over? It felt like years ago. Is everything okay? She asked again. You called me three times. Well, I sighed. Tyler and I broke up. What? When? Last night, I guess. Is that why you called me? I had a feeling it had to be something, but I didn't see your missed calls until just now. It's okay, I said, and I explained what had happened. He left you stranded in West Fan? She asked incredulously. Yep. Wow. What are you going to do, though? Are you staying at Gemma's? I told her my rough plan of staying in Vancouver for a few days before going to Calgary to figure things out. I can't believe you're leaving, she said, sadly. I know, I said. It sucks. But I might come back. I just don't know yet. You might come back? Yeah, maybe. If I can get a job here. I actually applied for some this morning. Not that I'll get any of them. It would be awesome if you came back. James and I will still be here for at least the next two years while I'm in nursing school. James was Bree's boyfriend. Yeah, exactly, I said. And Gemma's here, and Lana, and a bunch of people from UBC. I'm gonna try. Do you want to sleep at my place tonight? She asked. I really want to see you. I'll be back from school around dinner time, and my parents won't mind. Gemma can come too, obviously. She's working a split until super late, I said, but I'd love to meet up. I'd like to hang out as much as I can before I go. Definitely, she said. I can't believe you and Tyler broke up. That's crazy. Have you gotten your clothes and everything from him? I groaned. No, I need to sort that out. I can drive you over there tonight if you want, she offered. Um, I hesitated. It might be a bit too soon. Yeah, but if you're leaving soon, you don't really have time to wait, do you? True. I'll text him now and ask if we can come by tonight. Okay, let me know what he says. I can come pick you up at Park Royal around 6, and then we can stop by his place on the way to mine. Sounds good, I told her. I'll let you know when he replies. He never did. By a quarter to six, I was starting to feel extremely irritated. Call him, Gemma suggested. She was technically supposed to be working the front desk of Y Yoga, but there were classes going on right now and the reception area was empty, so she had come over to where I was sitting in the lounge area to hang out. I had, yet again, attempted to write for a few hours and this had gone better than it had the last time. I hadn't actually written anything new, but I had gotten a solid amount of editing done. Years later, I would learn that Editing before finishing the first draft is an incredible waste of time, but I didn't know that yet. I don't want to, I said. Gemma frowned. You don't want to what? Get your stuff? No, I just... I feel like he doesn't want to talk to me. She shrugged. 
You don't need to talk to him. You just need him to open the door so that you can get your things. Okay, I'll call him. I sighed. I really didn't want to. And I had a feeling that he would interpret me calling him as being overly pushy. The phone rang twice and then stopped. I think he just ignored my call, I told Gemma. Wouldn't put it past him, Gemma said, but hopefully it was a mistake. Give it a minute and see if he calls back. We waited. Nothing. Call again, Gemma suggested. This time, it rang only once before being disconnected. Yeah, he's definitely ignoring my calls. Fucking Tyler, Gemma said. I understand that he doesn't want to talk to you, but you need your things. Does he expect you to just leave everything at his house? I don't know. He probably just needs time. Yeah, but you don't have time. I mean, you can only wear the same pair of jeans and that thin sweater for so long. It's getting cold outside. I mean, you're welcome to keep borrowing my clothes, but still. Thanks, Jem, I said, agitatedly shoving my phone back into my purse. Should you and Bree just show up at his house and ring the doorbell? She asked. I shrank into my seat. No, that would be too much, she agreed. Is there a chance he just hasn't seen your messages yet? Yeah, if he lived in the era before cell phones. They all say red, and anyway, he's never taken longer than like two hours to respond to me. Right, she nodded. Well, hopefully he gets back to you soon. Hopefully. Gemma looked at me sympathetically. I have something that will cheer you up. What? She went over to her locker, pulled out a bag, and handed it to me. I reached inside and discovered a bunch of artificial vines and flowers. Are we enrolling in a faux botany class or something? They're for our crowns, she said. Gemma, you know I consider us all to be queens, but wearing crowns around town might come across as a little... For the Halloween party, she explained. You know, our Greek goddess costumes? I thought it would be cool if we made ourselves flower crowns. Oh, that's actually a really good idea, I admitted. I was planning on just wrapping a sheet around myself. Well, yeah, we're doing that too, she conceded. These will just be a nice touch. You're going to have to teach me how to make them, I said. I'm not really seeing your vision right now. Oh, don't worry. Gemma assured me. I have it all planned out. Brie arrived at that moment, glowing in spite of the long day I knew she'd had. She was one of those rare people who looked stunning without makeup. She had perfect porcelain skin and mahogany brown eyes framed by thick black eyelashes. Her cheeks were the color of cherry blossoms and her lips were always scarlet, in spite of the fact that the only thing she ever put on them was chapstick. We bid Gemma farewell and made our way into Bree's car. So, are we going to Tyler's? Bree asked. Nope. I told her about how he was ignoring my calls. That's so immature, she remarked, as we pulled out of the parking lot and onto the twilight road. Yeah, but anyway, how are you, Bree? I'm tired, she admitted. Nursing school is... 
Draining. I bet. But you like it, right? Bree shrugged. I think I like it. It's hard to know when it's all classes and we haven't had any practicum yet. True, I said. I learned everything I needed to know about teaching in the practicum. And also, she trailed off, looking out the window. What? I asked her. I don't know if nursing is like my passion, you know? Yeah, I get that. But I also feel really stupid because I'm not even sure what my passion is, unless you count traveling and I don't know how to make money doing that. You could become an influencer, I suggested. She scoffed. Come on. It sounds like a pretty great job, I said. Maybe people just make fun of influencers because they're jealous. Oh, I'm for sure jealous of the ones who get to travel, but I'm also not willing to get lip fillers and butt injunctions to make that happen. Fair enough. You'd rather work graveyard shifts and wipe people's butts. She laughed, and then stared sadly at the twinkling lights from the houses on the North Shore. Remember when our biggest concern was what kind of alcohol we were going to pregame with? Or which fuckboy was currently screwing us over? I miss undergrad. Same, I said. I can't believe how much we used to drink. Like, how did we sustain that level of alcoholism? Speaking of which, she said, I'm so excited for Luke's party. I can't wait to just have fun. Is it weird that Tyler's gonna be there, though? No, I said. I don't want the Tyler thing to be weird for any of you. Don't feel bad if you still want to be friends with him. Or anything. She frowned. Thanks, Brooklyn, but Tyler was never really my friend. I only hung out with him because of you. Yeah, I guess you and him aren't really that close, I said, but I meant like James and all of those guys. James also only hung out with him because of you, she said. Really? I thought James, Luke, Bentley, and all of those guys liked Tyler. I mean, I'll tell James what you said, Bree promised, but I don't think he ever felt that close to Tyler. Tyler definitely thinks he and James are friends. Tyler thinks a lot of things that aren't true, Bree shrugged. Look, I appreciate you trying to be mature and not make us feel bad if we want to keep seeing Tyler, but when you guys started dating, he joined your crew, not the other way around, so I can't imagine any of us going out of our way to have, like, brunch with Tyler or something. If you guys all stop talking to him, he's going to think it's my fault. It isn't your fault, though. I just feel bad. He definitely thinks James is, like, a good friend. Haven't they been going to the gym together? They bumped into each other at the gym one time. Don't feel bad. You didn't do anything wrong. And I'm glad you're not going to bail on a perfectly fun party just because Tyler will be there. We'll make sure he stays away from you. Thanks, Bree. Are you still down to do the Greek god and goddess costumes, though? I mean, it was supposed to be a group thing with Tyler. Oh, yeah, I'm still down, I assured her. You should see the stuff Gemma got for our crowns. 
I can't wait, she smiled. Do you think Tyler's still going to go as Zeus, though? I don't know. It would be a bit awkward if he did, but luckily I'm going as Athena, not Hera, so we won't look like a package deal. What do you want to do tonight? I was going to ask you that. I've been wanting to make those Thai salad rolls that we used to make in undergrad for ages, but I wasn't sure if you'd be too tired and just want to watch a movie instead. Oh, I'm so down for salad rolls. Those are the best. Yeah, and the fact that it costs like $10 to make them for three days really helps me save money to pay off my student loans faster. She excitedly swerved off the main road and down the street to save on foods. And maybe this is too much, but I kind of want to make cookies too. Love it, I said, and we spent the rest of the night chatting and cooking. The next morning, Bree was up early for school and I was up early because I still wasn't really sleeping. We munched on leftover chopped vegetables from the salad rolls while chopping up avocados and sourdough bread for breakfast. I'm sorry I'll be gone all day, Bree said. Wednesdays are brutal right now. They're giving us early mornings and late nights to try to prepare us for graveyard shifts. I won't be home until like 10 or 11 tonight because my mom needs the car, so I'm commuting. UBC is so far away now. That sucks, I said. It's crazy how much we took for granted living on campus. But don't worry about me. Gemma and Lana are going to come meet me soon, and we're going to hang out in Lions Bay before Gemma's shift tonight. Oh, nice. Are you going to sleep here or at Gemma's then? I think I'll just sleep at Gemma's, I said, but we'll come over on Friday before the party to make our costumes. You have a short day then, right? Yeah. What are you going to do when Gemma goes to work tonight, though? Doesn't Lana have that big paper due Friday morning? The last time I talked to her, she did not sound prepared. She's definitely going to be working on it all night tonight. She is, I said, but don't worry, I won't be alone. I'm seeing Apollo tonight. Oh, right, you're seeing him tonight, she said, a slight edge to her voice. What's wrong? I asked. Just be careful with him. Why? Don't you like him? I don't really know him. She bit her lip. But he just... I don't know. Be careful. I'm not planning on marrying the guy, I teased. Well, yeah, if that's the case, then it should be fine. But still, he's very... Just be careful. I will, I promised her. Thanks for listening to Confessions of a New Grad. If you want to find out what happens next, new episodes will be published every Saturday until the end of the season. I'm so happy to be able to provide this podcast to you for free during this difficult time. 
If you're enjoying the show, please tell your friends, give us five stars and write a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. To everyone who's already done that, thank you so much. It helps a lot. Confessions of a New Grad is written, narrated, and produced by me, Greta Craig. Our story editor is Rebecca Montgomery, and she created all of the amazing artwork for the project as well. You can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. Special thanks to all the amazing musicians who allowed us to use their songs in this production. You can find the soundtrack in our show notes. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.